Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business. A great interview for you today. So a few months back, everyone knows the story. I got onto Clubhouse, spent a lot of time there. It's great, right? As a platform, I've spoken about a lot on previous episodes. I'm not going to go into it today. One thing I will say, though, is that the, the beauty of Clubhouse is the people you meet on stage in Clubhouse, the connections, the collaborations, all that stuff. So today's guest from, well, actually, no, I've known of him before this, but I hadn't actually met him until Clubhouse, is the amazing JT Fox. Now, if you haven't heard of JT Fox, which I'm sure if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, anyone who's interested in wealth creation, you should have heard of JT Fox because he's considered the number one business and wealth coach in the world today. He has worked with so many celebrities, it's it's impossible to name them all. But if you do a quick Google and have a look at um, the JT Fox show and some of the stages that he has spoken on, you'll get a good sense of the people that he surrounds himself with. To name a couple of them, there's people like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the mix. But what is so cool about JT, and I said I got to know him on Clubhouse, is he is a guy who stands 100% for what he believes in. Some people like that. Some people don't like that. And he's had his fair share of flack over the years for being forthright and outspoken on all things business related and other things. But I quite like that because I think, you know, in life, you've got to stand for something and you've got to stand against something. And whether you like all the different ideas that people have or not, it doesn't really matter. You've got to at least appreciate and respect that they have a point of view. So what we get into today with with JT is, you know, what is what is scale today? What are some of the things you've got to think about as an entrepreneur? Uh, as we open up, the world opens up post-pandemic, w- what should we be thinking about from an investment standpoint? Uh, a little bit of his story, you know, how he has lent into things, how he has created success and a bit of vulnerability, to be honest, about, you know, things like ego and where they play in business and and how he makes some choices. You know, we don't go into this in any detail, but, you know, you can get a sense of how he makes choices just by the way he reflects on some of those various points. So I hope you enjoy this, this conversation. Um, I love speaking with JT. Great guy. Lots of fantastic insights. It's a quick fire episode. So get your pens, your paper ready. Take some notes and enjoy the ride. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business, none other, JT Fox. Okay, everybody, welcome to Scale Up Your Business. I'm going to have to add an even bigger name to that list because I've got the one, the only- Where's my face in there? I was like, JT Fox, JT Fox, mate, you're going to get there. I'm going to put you as number one. I I need to scale up to be in that intro. Oh, mate, no, but but you're the world's number one business wealth coach. Isn't that right, man? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what they say. Yeah, people say, well, how is that? Well, when you do it in 54 countries where like no one knows who you are and you literally go there, like it's one thing to say you're in America and you've never been outside. Like, you know, just like sometimes it's hard for Americans to go sell in the UK or Australia. Uh, but it gets a little bit different when you go to Bahrain, Kuwait, Israel, 
uh, Turkey, Oman in the same week and you do very well. So you've done heaps of this stuff, man. How did, yeah, you, you, know, how, how did you get into this? Because you know, I've, I've known you for a while now. We've hung out on clubhouse stages and connected in that way. But how did you kind of start this whole thing? Because, you know, you've, you said you've done a whole part, stuff. Which part did this start? We started like when I was broke and I had no money or the, the, the my life started the day I met you? Which which one do we well, I, I like the latter, but that's probably really boring for everyone here. So let's start where you had no money. And now I you're mean, listen, I, I'm from Canada. Came here over 10 years ago, $974, then went down to negative 34000 when I moved to the United States. I saw one of those late night infomercials, had a speech impediment growing up. My whole life, people say I would never make it. And you just, you know, I want to be a lawyer. Uh, I'd given my parents for the lend them money and they were supposed to pay me back for law school. They couldn't afford it. They told me, why do I have to pay rent for all the years of free rent we gave you? Did not have to pay rent when I was eight if you actually cost average out the rent. Um, but you know, they just didn't have the money and, and that's, uh, uh, you know, I was unfortunate and, you know, I would have been a paper lawyer cause I was a good speaker and, you know, just went through a, a brief period of two, three weeks of depression and three o'clock in the morning, turn on TV. That was like, Hey, you can get rich in real estate. And I went there and, and, um, I was probably the only one who signed up. And then they said, it doesn't work in Canada after I signed up, you need to move to America. So I moved to America and spent nine months sleeping on office couch, eating ramen noodles, showering at the gym, trying to do this. And, you know, you're broke, you have no money and you're trying to go after like hundred unit deals, right? Cause I started in properties yeah. and, and, and that's what they teach you. And, and that's why I, I'm very mad. And when I see people like teach that, like, yeah, you can do it. You, you got to start with rabbits, right? Are you, are you chasing rabbits or hunting elephants? And I went go after the huge elephant, but the problem with bigger deals or bigger companies is that it's a lot more work. A lot of things can go wrong. Um, and I didn't have any credibility in the first place to do it rather than rabbits that are at least going to make me fed. Now, the problem is that some people stay with their rabbits the whole life and they never go with their elephant. That's why they don't scale. Right. Um, and so I'm a month from my move back. I did my first real estate deal um, and I made uh, was it 74,000. My second deal made 151,000. And then it turned into 500 deals without using any of my own money. And then I got into a radio that was that ended up being syndicated, self-syndicated in the United States and Canada. Um, then I started speaking, I started taking over companies and all that stuff. And, and you know, now... You know, What's the time frame we're talking here? From from that first deal? About, about, about 11 years. 11 years. Okay. Yeah, and what so was I, it? Made million, I made my first million at 24, my second million at 25. And uh, there was a lot of zeros in my in my 30s, so... Well, we'll talk about that as well. You make that sound somewhat simple, right? You know, but it's not. Yeah, it is you know, simple. It is. It is one hundred percent simple. What I just was it? Got was it what would it be? I just got off a meeting just a minutes ago, and we're just talking about like people not wanting to work, right? Because they're getting paid more money not to work, right? With the stimulus all over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, if you have work ethic, if you have persistence, if you have the attitude, if you go out there and make it happen. But like even whether it was Clubhouse or anything, if you don't put the work, it's not going to matter. We've become a society where we want drive through. We want instant success. I call someone. They said, no. Oh, no. Oh, I call five people to say, no, it doesn't work. People are no longer willing to fail and suffer. Let me tell you one of the earliest, the second best advice I got. The first business advice I got was stop talking about it and get it done. First business advice that was given to me, I was 24 years old. Second is short-term sacrifices for long-term benefits. People want it now and it doesn't happen. You know, I've got a problem right now into uh, in some of our businesses where people sign up and don't show up. I'm sure you have a similar problem, right? So yeah. morning, since 3 a.m. this morning, I was researching, watching videos, see if there's any books, seeing who's an expert on this as well to try to figure out the problem. 
rather than just trying to put a Band-Aid on there as well. And we've become a society where there's no accountability anymore. So it's frustrating, but, you know, it's the, the reality of the world. But spending, I mean, you, when we first met on Clubhouse, you were putting a heap of time in. You were doing those 12-hour rooms, business coaching, free stuff, adding value on stage. So you, you know, you've had that work ethic for ages. What do you say to people you coach then? Like, is it as simple as saying, listen, just get off your ass. you got to do the work, well, right? You, you, first of all, you better, it depends how bad. Like, what's important to you? How much money do you want to make, right? I think that's because that determines what kind of life do you want, right? Um, and I think that'll depend on how much work, how much sacrifices, and what you need to do as well. Um, but I believe you have to be realistic at first. And, uh, you know, for example, I put the time in. And because of my circumstances that's happened and how they've messed up the algorithm, no one's even close to catching me up. And I've barely been on in 45 days. Right. So that's kind of the the notion is. But the relationships, I just got off a meeting just right before this was a few minutes late. Um, two deals closed that I got a clubhouse. One of them is a blockchain company based out of the UK. Um, yeah. And then the other is a structured settlement company out of Florida uh, where you take you buy structured settlements and then you just mm -hmm. you know, one of those. So both of them came from that. But I also did get a lot of rid of a lot of deals. Uh, as much as Clubhouse was great, as you guys have so many deals, but you realize that they're like taking you away from your main focus, right? Like one was this seasoning and sauces and this and that. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> I remember some there. of those pictures on stage, man. I mean, I remember some of those pictures on stage. It was fun though. It was a bit of a show, right? You know, at the it, end was, of the day it, was, well. it was fun until it became not fun. So yeah. it, then it became more like it became more like a job, meaning you go in, you do your job, you leave. But at the start, man, it was fun. The 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 high level people in there, and I think a lot of people like myself and including yourself have gone away. And I'll tell you what, Clubhouse has made a very big mistake. And what they did is they didn't reach out to people that were there a lot. They didn't reach out to people like me and other people like yourself who were spending a lot of time building value. How can we serve you? What do you need as well? Because at the end of the day, we put on a show. And so now you're left with the people that that's how they make their living and we don't need it for the living. So I think that was a very big mistake, you know, yeah. uh, every yeah, night. It was very much so. It was very, it looked very transactional and kind of like a test, like an experiment, right? As opposed to actually thinking about like a business. Right. And I think so, because of that valuation, all of a sudden the ego got in and, and, I mean, it's not that packed now. I mean, you know, it's very different now. Oh, no, they're, and they just opened up Android and, you know, it, I, I haven't seen the numbers change. It's just, um, it's changed and, and it's interesting because it, a lot of time was put into uh, a lot of time and it's a very difference in quality of people. Um, but it, I think there's also a lesson of, of business is, you know, I, I've become quite close to the former CEO of T-Mobile and we were just asking what he would do. And he would just said, you know, if you don't listen to the customer, you're going to fail. And sometimes the customer has insight and it causes that frustration. And look how easy it is for me and you to disconnect from it. Well, imagine businesses in your business, right, where they... So it's hard. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of lessons to be learned. And that's kind of one of the things that I'm now obsessing on creating even a better experience and, and trying to figure out post COVID. How, how does the world look? You know, in theory, uh, you know, I'm glad you that up that's uh, that's one of my questions for you today, man. Well, knew, <laughs> Before we I get there, I, I want to ask you something else, though, with. You must have. Uh, with all the things that you look at, right? You're looking at heaps of deals. You've got lots of opportunities coming your way. How do you start to qualify or choose what you're going to go for? Is there a process you have? Is it more instinctive? Well, the first process is people. Like, if the people suck, it doesn't matter how great the business are. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be my problem, first of all. I want great people with great companies or great deals, first and foremost. Because yeah. what I've learned is, and, and 
unfortunately, like I want to be in the owner's box right now, right? Where basically I come in, I got a bunch of people, I, I go here and there, but my people take over. And I don't mind coming into a position where the coach telling people what to do. But what's happening now, sometimes in these companies, as you know, you take over, you have to be a player. And they're like, here's the ball, here's the ball. And then you go and you score and then, you know, you kind of do everything. And if you're not playing, they're like, you're not, you know, you're not pushing. I'm like, dude, your company makes $34,000 a year. So like, you know, like I can make that in a day and anything. Right. So that you see the thought process, there's that expectation. And as opposed to some very big companies I'm part of where I go in, I'm like, do this, do this. And they have entire teams to implement. But I think that's the difference. And also through this pandemic, I've learned a difference between taking over a distressed company at a big discount with a lot of problem versus actually paying a company for more or less what it's worth and then adding more value. But there's that fear of I want because my brain is wired, get a below market value, get it at a huge discount or almost get it for free just for the sake of it, not put any money out. Yeah, you don't want the headache though, JT. I mean, there's, there's, I, a, thresh, there's a threshold, man. There's a threshold where if you go too low, like you get the problem. If you kind of go low enough that it's undervalued and then you can scale from decent foundations, that's the play. Yeah, My I know. Yeah, but I think a part of it is ego of, you know, can I get the deal, right? Can yeah. I get the deal? And so, you know, Great people with great deals and businesses. That's kind of where I have. And, and I think what I did is, I mean, you saw me, I got up to 70 companies, 71 companies and brands, and I was on my track for a hundred. And I did spring cleaning about 35 days ago. I got rid of a lot of deals, a lot of relationships, a lot of things to bring back my focus. Cause you kept taking on things that, you know, they were making money, but I always say that the next thing you do should always be more money, less work. And I found myself taking on things that were making less money and more work or more aggravation or more meetings because you're having meetings upon meetings upon meetings. And then you realize that you're in meetings all day. You don't have time to implement anything that meeting is. So it created a giant bottleneck. And then I'm taking my CEO out of there, or my other staff members, my managers to deal with that. And it was affecting. And here you have this machine that literally pumped millions of dollars a month so that I can make 12,000 here. So that was a very big realization. It kind of hit me in the face. Uh, yeah, but it's like, you know, as you said, being the player coach, if you're building an empire, it doesn't work, right? Because you can't be on that many. So how many companies you got now? Companies, like, they don't get coaching. Um, like a lot of them is fundamentals. I'll, I'll tell people it's the last business book you read. And they're like, uh, I don't know. I haven't. Well, would you ever go to the doctor if they hadn't updated their medical skills in 25 years? So I think, and I, I'm not saying books are the solution. I'm just giving you an example. Like I read the Wall Street Journal. I read Bloomberg every day. I, I read uh, a lot of publications. I know every day I actually read over 30 newspapers all over the world. I used to read more, but, uh, you know, time constraints and, and sometimes the news is very repetitive. Um So I, I read all over. So I'm aware, like I could tell you what's going on in the UK right now. Right. Lockdown, um, you know, when the reopening, what the impact is, how many people you're allowed to hug people like. So all of these things, which, you know, are there any festivals this weekend? Uh, how's the event market look like? What's this? Are people buying? You know, since you've been open in the UK, people have been spending money like crazy, which is expected. But what are they spending money on? They're spending on things that are entertainment. Right. Um, I do, You know, so all these trends are going to be important to make business decisions. Because I think the game is going to be played in the third and fourth quarter because we don't know what's going to happen. Because now, okay, people are back. Okay, now what? Yeah, I love that. Now what?
And what, what does that look like for you? If you, you know, if you were thinking about you personally for the next 12 months, you know, where's your focus? To be honest with you, zero idea. And I'll tell you why. If you'd asked me a year ago, if you asked me a year ago when the pandemic started that real estate, crypto, the stock market, NFTs, all that stuff is at a record high and we're in a pandemic and a lot of things are shut down. I would have said you're insane. So that's my concern now. I think everything is overvalued. Um, I think there's inflation issues, of course. I think the analogy I gave the other day is everybody's at the at the crafts table and everybody's like, yeah, you're high fiving. And, you know, the house always wins. <laughs> right. But the house always wins. And it's not usually um, there. So I'm concerned. And by the way, a lot of wealthy people have a lot of cash on the sideline. So maybe we're missing. I, like I, I was saying yesterday, like, have I missed on multimillions? You know what I mean? Like, have I missed, like, I have, you know, I have a lot of crypto, crypto mining, stuff like that. But should I have, like, even double down? You know, like, or, or you know, I didn't have a lot of Ethereum, right? Should I have got, because I was just saying Bitcoin's going to be, now you see where it's at. Um, you know, if you take a look at Dogecoin, like, it's, none of that stuff makes sense. So the problem with that is what goes up must come down. And so, so I'm missing opportunities, but... I wonder, am I, is it better to cry more that you're not making as much money as you possibly could had you done it or you're losing money because of that or that? And so I don't know. I, I tend to be, you know, my strategy, I tend to be more conservative than that. Like, you know, I play in, play in things that are more, I'm not going to say it's safe, but I know that they're kind of traditional. I know how to compound them. We spoke about this on your show, right? So I've probably missed money not buying BitClout or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, but the thinking, point is though, it quickly went away. That yeah, you yeah. take a look at it, it was like a two, three week place. I, I did not like BitCloud because I didn't want my clients buying a JT Fox coin. Because someone said to me, "Would you have your own family or friends, or would you let me?" My coach said to me, "Put fifty thousand dollars." I'm like, "No." He goes, "Why not?" Because I don't know if you're going to make money. He goes, "Exactly. That's why you can't put your client." So of course, someone set up a fake account and used my name. You know these scammers. So that's a and and, and there's no value. I think it's all vanity ego. Um, so I, I think anything that's get rich quick is not good. Uh, I think there is, people are not willing to put the time. I think people need to play the long-term game. And if you put your head down, none of these people will be around. I take a look at a lot of people that when I first started, they're not there anymore, right? And Yeah, but there's, there's a lot in there. As I said, I, I don't try to get too emotional about this stuff, right? Some people kind of look at the shiny object and they go for it. You know, I sometimes have that feeling of, oh, perhaps I should, right? But then I very quickly pull myself back and go, well, listen, I know one thing. I know one thing pretty well. Um, but that's well, There's it. a FOMO, right? Yes, you know, there's a FOMO. Should I, you know, what could I have done? I mean, I got out of I got out of the market when it went down at 26. Um, I got back in at 19. Yeah. And I sold everything at 26. Not everything, like 90%, right? Now it's at 34 or whatever it is today. It's, but the point is, yeah, I lost out a lot, but then I did a lot of other deals that made me a lot of money. But in the back of my mind, it's like, I didn't, I don't know. I, I just, I think as you grow wealthier, unless you're Elon Musk. Uh, so, okay. So here I asked somebody, what's the difference between somebody that's a billionaire and someone that's not. Okay. And he'll say a lot of it is luck. But so we go in is we have no money. We make six figures. Oh my God. We make seven figures. Oh my God. Then we make eight figures. Okay. And when you make eight figures, there's two strategies. You triple down 
and you go all in and you may lose your whole eight figure empire and you get to a billion or you hedge and diversify and you get the nine figures. And that's what I did. So the reason why I'm not a billionaire today is because when I was in an eight figure, I didn't go all in because I'm like, shit, I made an eight figure, you know, business net worth. Like last thing I want to do is take, lose it all and start all over again. Unlike Elon Musk, he just went all in, went all in and kept going all in. And that's why. And I know why I'm not a billionaire. So when you become a million, uh, 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 when you are basically at six, seven figures, you need to double down to get to um, to uh, to eight figures. Once you're at eight figures, you need to triple down. Do you so, want to become a billionaire, JT? If I do, I did. It's just to be for ego that I'm on the force 400. That's about it. Like it's nothing. I wouldn't buy anything. Wouldn't change anything. I. You know, I wouldn't do anything different if I was a billionaire. I already live in a big house. I already have all the stuff, which I don't show, which I hate when other people show. Um, because whatever, how much money you have, there's someone that has more. Um, one day, I'll just give it away to all people when my time comes. Yeah, so, I feel the um, same way. Yeah. So Listen, I, respect I just, of your time. I've got one more question for you, mate. Um, sure. Tips, tips, because this is called Scale Up Your Business. Tips for people who are wanting to scale post-pandemic. What are the things they should be thinking about? Uh, number one, what's going to be the consumer behavior, right? That's number one, too. So um, I think number two, assuming that it's going to be the same before the pandemic, I think it's gonna, I think it's wrong. I think the consumer behavior um, has changed. Uh, I think you have to grow strategically, meaning you have to figure out what's the end goal and then work backwards. I think it's a mistake that people just kind of wing it when they scale. Uh, number three, you have to be very good at testing and adapting quickly, not just saying I did something once and it didn't work. Testing one thing, test, 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 and retest, and do control tests. If you do two or three variables, you don't know what works, doesn't work. So you may have a little bit more patience. You know, we just um, uh, we just started an ice cream company that already we're in our first month and we're doing phenomenally well, but we haven't spent any money. So now we're going to spend money. I, I don't know what's going to work. Like so, now we have just dumped five thousand dollars for hundred dollars a day just to see what works. 30% of our clients are repeat business and we just opened two weeks ago. So that's a pretty good thing already to scale up and, and things like that. Um, but I think people look at marketing as how much it costs rather than how much it's going to make you. Um, a big people make a big mistake before the pandemic is not figuring out the online. How do I spend $1 and make five or one pound make five? Now is the time because that's going to be the game because here's the thing too. I think advertising online will become more expensive. You're already seeing the cost uh, of uh, of pricing of social media marketing being more expensive as well. You cannot rely on referrals, any business based on referrals. And uh, you still have to learn how to operate virtually. I think there's some people that for convenience wise, it's easier just to get on a Zoom rather than just, you know, go to a meeting or fight traffic in London or whatever. So um, the, and here's the thing, too. We don't know. So I, I would say, like, we're all been working on our we've been. The Formula One cars have been floored. So everyone now has been working on the cars. And those who have worked on the cars, when they're ready, they're like, Nye. they're ready. And the others who didn't prepare, they're like, oh, what? They're trying to figure it out. And they're like, you know, so I think now is the time more than ever to uh, to make sure you get prepared and make sure you're ready to punch them in. Uh, I think it's going to be a very unproductive summer, extremely for business, because everything's going to mm -hmm. have holiday on the, on the mode. Uh, and I think people have to be ready. And I think the biggest thing is all the fortune is in the follow-up and follow-through. I think that's going to be more important than ever. Follow-up, follow-up, speed of implementation from the moment you come up with an idea 
to the moment you implement it will determine how successful you're going to be. Man, awesome. Awesome. I'm going to be over in your neck of the woods soon, dude. I'm going to be on a plane, I think July, and I'll be over there. So I'll hook What up. neck? Which neck? Where are you talking about America? Well, where are you? Where are you in the world today? I'm like everywhere. Like I'm Florida. I know. I know you've got. I know you've got three houses here and there. But no, no I'm yeah. going to be over in. I'm going to be in Phoenix and Vegas and a few other places in. Which, by the July. way, it's pretty warm in July. Those are like two of the hottest places. In I know. I know. But my, I'm Australian, right? I've got to get somewhere where you know yeah, living here in the UK it doesn't work. <laughs> um, I, I, I never complain. There are deals everywhere. The world is global. Um, and and here's the thing too: you never lose until you quit. And I think if you can just acquire, if you're the most persistent person, you know. I guarantee you'll succeed because most people will quit. Awesome. Well, listen, JT, it's been great having you on Scale Up Your Business. Always a pleasure to be with you, sir. And if I don't see you on a clubhouse stage, we'll connect at some point soon. So thanks, man. Thanks, man. And there you have it, another episode of Scale Up Your Business. Thank you very much for listening. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show become even better. And while you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button to help you on your scale-up journey. Now, perhaps you're thinking of growing and scaling your business. Perhaps now is the time. If that's you, then please check out suyb.global. That's where we have all of our programs, including the Growth Accelerator Partnership, the Maximize Value Partnership, all of our services, and of course, coaching and mentoring. Once again, be grateful, be brave, have faith, and show up. Until next time.